1: So uh I feel like new New Year's like new me, right? So I've been thinking about new me. And so I've decided to go and get this thing called an invisible liposuction. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're getting it, liposuction finally <laughs> put us all out of our misery. Honestly,
1: it's not, it's not, li- it's not like double bar, it's not liposuction, it's liposuction,
2: yeah, liposuction,
1: yeah, liposuction. You it rolls off the tongue a bit easier. Oh, well, look, you're the expert. Well, right. I'm just telling you, you know. So, anyway, I, I've new year, new year, you're going to move the fat from your <laughs> work penis. A- abs <laughs>
2: put it onto your bum.
1: Move the fat from my abs and put it into my butt.
2: Isn't that what they do now? The, all the um, That's a butt lift the, yeah. the Kardashian. You're trying to be a Kardashian, aren't you?
1: you know, I think I don't think they get if you if you have a butt like a butt implant, you don't get it from your abs,
0: do you? Where do you where do you get it from? I think it's a lift, so they just take the bottom of your bum and there or rather from go. the top of your bum. and oh, you know, so Here, so here he is. <laughs> here Listen, we share the same resolutions.
1: <laughs> but I got a great bum. Thank you, though. Do you know what? Weirdly, I do have a very good bum. You, well, you put it about a bit. I've got to be honest. I, uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah, it's out there. I follow you on
0: Instagram and it's... Uh,
1: it's out there. It's no.
2: weird. I've never seen it. So.
1: You have seen it. You've seen yeah. it plenty of times. You've got to dig a little deeper. Uh, into Front, the into no, actually, the do to I have a
2: picture of it?
1: <laughs> Why do you have a picture of my butt?
2: Because it's when you were... Uh, I was looking back through my Dropbox things from when we lived together, uh-huh. and there's that one of you having when you got your tattoo, and then you had a ta- fake tan, and you there's and, you have a, there, and there's like it's like literally night and day the the tan line.
1: Nick, Josh, thing you got to know about me is that I yeah like I like a fake tan. I've had it once or twice in my life. Okay, I like <laughs> to get naked a little bit. All right, that's just what happens. All right, but weirdly, as I was saying, new year, new me, new re- New Year's resolutions. I uh, decided to, I'm not going to, I haven't done a fake tan, I'm not going to do fake tanning anymore, but I am going to do Invisalign, so I've got this Invisalign in my mouth. What's really wrong right? with your, let's see, let's Can you, can you hear it? Can you hear a slight lisp? No, let's see. I haven't... Yeah. But, but, but were, your, were your teeth that crooked before? No, I don't, I don't know, I don't oh, know I why... I you've got a great smile. Yeah, why the hell have I gone and done it? Basically, it's, it's basically also not a, cheap.
2: Any, yeah, exactly, anything <laughs> that Jamie can spend money on, he will. Oh, I see. Again. No, not anything. Anything.
1: What, what else will I spend it on?
2: Um, Botox, fillers, (laughs) uh, butt implants, (laughs) hair transplant.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to Private Parts Podcast. This is where we read the most intimate and sort of details of our lives. In the studio today, very excited author, Josh Roberts. Hello, thank you for having me. No, Josh, hey listen, I'm so excited that you're on honestly i couldn't be more excited just because <laughs> i'm an incredibly anxious person so you're going to hopefully cure everything fingers crossed yeah. that i have i mean so this is really a therapy session yeah totally a therapy session hey uh, josh i'm going to quickly just explain to the listeners so uh you went to a went to school with a buddy of mine yep. um a guy called alexis a really close friend of mine um he raves about you justin Gary says you're one of the greatest he guys he also just raves a lot yeah, yeah. he also raves <laughs> yeah um, he raved about you loads, uh, just as a, just a great guy. And he mentioned that you'd written this book. Um, and I thought it wouldn't be better to get you on the podcast. So why don't you explain who you are, where you're
0: from and what's the book yeah. about? Sure. Well, firstly, thanks so much for having me. It's super exciting to be here. Um, like you say, yeah, I've written a book. It's called Anxious Man Notes on a Life Lived Nervously. And it's a book about, um, well, I guess what it's like to wake up one morning, uh, and to discover that your mind has collapsed which is exactly what happened to me. So four years ago, went to a, a party, a leaving party for some mates who were going to South Africa. And a mind-leaving party. <laughs> 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 don't
1: know why I just joked about that. <laughs> it's really unfunny to joke about. No, we've got to laugh.
0: You can't laugh, what can you do? Um, and yeah, I went, went to bed as a fairly normal, seemingly uh, successful m- mid-20-something and woke up the next day well, woke up with a hangover, of course, but also woke up into a really savage panic attack. And... You woke up in the middle of it? Yeah. It's, it, if you've seen, a, you know, in Hollywood movies or whatever, that kind of,
1: yeah, <gasps> a song yeah, yeah. wakes up. Like was, you're
0: drowning. Yeah, it was exactly that sensation. And what I, had you done the night before that was so I mean, generally, I'd, I'd been drunk enough to dance, uh, but not much more than that. Really? Yeah. Um, It was the third night on the bounce, so I'd been out Thursday, Friday, this was Saturday. Classic. The classic. How old were you at this moment, Josh? 26. Okay, 26. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened was I'd had panic attacks before, uh, little kind of blips in my earlier in my 20s, but I'd always written it off as being, you know, like burning a candle at both ends kind of thing. And the difference this time was it just never went away. So usually a panic attack would last for about 30 seconds and this one lasted for about two hours oh god yeah it was pretty grim actually and then when it did kind of eventually subside it didn't subside it changed it went from being an immediate fear you've had panic attacks right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i i've, I've yeah I've, that's why i really sort about. of really resonated with you because i've had this kind of same experience mm. in terms of really intense panic attack you know i i mean when i was yeah francis actually dealt you were there during the whole i had to keep talking to Francis quite a lot about it. I woke up, I, same thing as you, been partying quite a lot. I was about 22, 23 at the time, woke up one morning and, actually it wasn't even the morning, I just woke up in the day, felt normal. I hadn't really been to bed that night before. Um, I was kind of feeling a bit like, oof, whatever. Anyway, I was watching The Voice on TV and the guy said on The Voice, well, oh, I had bronchitis and something in my body went, Oh, and I had a panic attack, which lasted for about like three hours and then it didn't go. Jeez. Yeah, it was terrible. It yeah. just didn't
0: go. It was intense. Well, it was like that for me, except it, it kind of, yeah. It was at its most intense for a couple of hours. And then really it lasted for about a week of not sleeping, constant worry. Um, and then, yeah, eventually after so I'd been to A&E like three times, I went to see two different NHS GPs. Eventually, I got in with a mate's dad, um, who's a, a private GP, and he very quickly diagnosed me with a generalized anxiety disorder. Um, which is kind of what it says on the tin. You worry about pretty much everything. So worry about stupid shit like uh, missing trains or getting dumped or getting fired or uh, weird stuff about forgetting to breathe or my heart stopping involuntarily, like all these kind of weird things. Well, you would forget that your heart would stop. No, you wor- yeah, worry possible. about it. You have to worry about it. And worse than that, when you cross over into having what I have as a you know, kind of clinical problem, is when you worry about those worries. So, a normal person, for example, might worry about not sleeping. Yeah. yeah. I will spend a whole day worrying that I'm never going to enjoy my life because I'll always be worrying about sleeping. Does that make sense? It's a kind of like second order. Yeah, it's worrying order. about worrying. It's worrying about worrying.
1: Wait, hang on a second. I think I
0: have this. Can not... you worry about worrying about worrying? <laughs> it's a kind of Russian doll situation. Yeah, yeah you can end up uh, in real kind of tangles. Oh, and then the last thing I should say is that you, you kind of layer on a bunch of guilt, which is very typical of anxiety disorders, but also depressive disorders. I'm a middle class, white, heterosexual dude, like, you know what do I have to worry about? Yeah. Of course, the answer is nothing. Um, and you kind of beat yourself up.
1: God, this is in that kind of third. Yeah, uh, this is totally interesting screen. because I I feel like I've I've had that I I had I mean if we thing is look the reason why this podcast is like important right is that it's the beginning of January it's twenty twenty loads of people are talking about different things we've spoken a lot about mental health on the podcast mm. so that's why I thought it would be super interesting to get you on but like. I, I've had, you know, yeah, I've had those times where we're super anxious and all those different things. But then I had something called depersonalization once, which is where I thought that's I, terrifying. I thought yeah. I was floating. I was, it was freaking awful. And so I basically woke up one day and I was, I think, just from so much stress and anxiety, I went to a depersonalization state and I felt like I was floating and incredibly anxious. But then I used to worry about breathing and things like that as well.
0: Yeah, it's very common, and uh, the difference between Boys and girls is that girls are pretty good at talking about that kind of thing, yeah. uh, and often all you need to hear is someone else say, "Oh yeah, I've had that," and you kind of go, "Oh okay, well maybe it's not this huge existential thing." Blokes are a little bit, um, you know, maybe not quite as advanced at talking about it in that sense, which is why it tends to bubble along and and
1: so so it hangs. But surely, worse. surely though, surely it's from something,
0: though, right? Well, yeah, I don't. Know. It's just, I talk about it quite a lot in the book because. Um, it's part of human nature is to want to discover a cause for, you know, everything has to have a cause. Yeah. And when we don't have a cause, we, well, we, we really struggle with that. It's why we buy insurance or why we invent religions, you know, that kind of not knowing. And I think with mental health, like it's probably the confluence of so many different factors, genetic um, factors, things to do with observing these behaviours in our parents. Mm. And then all of the external environmental stuff, Bad things that happen to you, bad things that you do to yourself, be that boozing or drugs or not exercising or not sleeping.
1: Have we go, Francis?
0: Right, yeah, Francis has woken up. <laughs> hey, I haven't slept in months.
2: <laughs> I just woke up.
0: <laughs> so you pile all of these sort of toxins yeah, into and your body. Th- and that's what kind of brings, I think, you know, leads to a moment where it all comes together. But I don't think there's any one specific thing. And actually, in trying to recover from one of these problems, the search for the cause can actually become a problem in its in its own right. Because mm. if you have a weird, weird is the wrong word, if you have an obsessive mind, obsessively searching for the thing that causes your anxiety or depression or whatever, can become a bit of a problem. For, for example, going to the sleep example, um, very often you'll find people who suffer from insomnia will develop these huge lists of rules by which they live their lives in order to allow them to sleep. So Uh they were, And then if one thing, they can't fill it, then they suddenly... Exactly, exactly. And I used to have exactly this. So, you know, if we would go on holiday, my girlfriend and I, and there wasn't, the bed wasn't big enough, or there wasn't a secondary sleeping option that I used to call it. If
1: you didn't have that yeah. lube, you'd be <laughs> furious.
0: Where the hell is that shit? Well, quite. Um, and so can't you can't know, sleep without my lube. Can't sleep without a lube. <laughs> so, but you know, if you don't have these things, then you, it becomes <clears throat> the search for the cause becomes a kind of source of panic and anxiety in itself. Because you're constantly searching for that solution, right? Yeah, and, and what happens when, when you let go of that and you go, okay, fuck it, I've got this problem yeah. and it's maybe a bit like hay fever or eczema or whatever, it kind of comes and goes. Once you, you, you get to that state of being, you have a lot more, you're objective about it. Okay, but you're then, on top of it. But there's, a, okay, than there's, in a, it. there's a
1: few things here, right? Because okay, there's this like whole example, right? Because before, lots of people talk about you know our grandparents and our parents that mental health wasn't spoken about that much, yeah. right? And is there, and I don't, is there a thing? Is there a point in saying that because we've now labelled it so much, once you label something, you can never unlabel it. So if someone says to you or to France or whatever, you have anxiety, you have depression, or you have this, or you have that. You never think that you don't have it then. And so therefore it makes it almost
0: worse. Or is that yeah. not the case? So definitely um, there is an element of it being a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And- when I've spoken to therapists and whatnot, researching a book, there they definitely is an element of the more people talk about it, the more people come forward and ha- say that they have these problems. Yeah. I happen to think that most of the people do have you know, a clinical problem. Uh, most of the people who say they struggle with depression or anxiety probably do struggle with depression or anxiety. Uh, and I would say believing the people who may be over-egging it or... Um, you know, maybe there is a degree of attention-seeking or whatever, I think believing those people is a price worth paying yeah. for believing the people who really do have a problem. Well,
2: it's also, I guess, people who are sort of hypochondriacs, you know, in the sphere of, like, mental illnesses, you know, anything is a potential, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, a symptom of a, of an overarching mental condition, you know, that, that is is kind of difficult to disprove.
0: Definitely. But I think or prove, you know. I, you're 100% right, but I think... We've throughout history we've erred on the side of this probably isn't a problem. And well, it's I brought think, us to a situation where, you know, like suicide is a huge problem amongst yeah. people our age and, and whatnot. So I think maybe that's how, if we've had a few years of trying the other way and kind of erring on the side of, shit, maybe you have something that we could help you with or, yeah. you know, maybe there are areas of your life you could change, that would be a good thing.
2: Well, I think going back to what you were saying about about this this inanswerable void, right, which is just present, ever-present in, in reality... Uh, which actually you know you said people invented religions you know i do think that religions arose out of necessity because of that unanswerable void and and in the absence of any kind of sort of that sort of uh purpose built mm. uh thing to fill that uh, void of nothingness um people can find themselves in um you know in you know inexplicable anxiety
0: yeah definitely and uh, you- and that's why I think,
2: I think with this sort of actually a decline in uh, religion, you know we're seeing a lot more mental health issues.
1: Yeah. Francis hates religion. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I, I do think that I there's, agree.' There's I, a I, point
2: I, there's a point to it. there was a, there's yeah. a historical point. It's not, it wasn't just like invented
0: for people to take over the world. it was like a necessity from Right, from, but I think that, that need that need to. Have an explanation, as mm. in humans weren't comfortable with the idea of not knowing why we were here because so. we couldn't. There's, right? There's no right. real way of finding out exactly. Yeah, yeah. But in in the face of that, we 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 end up creating um, it's, it, religions. It, or you know, I'm sure there are religious believers who listen to the podcast uh, who who would take uh, take to that statement to task. But I suppose my my point around um, uh, the kind of mental health piece is once you can let go of the constant need to find the cause. Mm. You actually find that the solution uh, arrives much quicker. Yeah. Okay. It's like but acceptance really rather than Exactly.
1: But but, the, but then yeah. surely that goes completely against what therapy is trying to do. Therapy is trying to get to the root of
0: the issue. Depends what therapy you're doing. So, okay. kind of psychoanalysis where you go back and deconstruct your life and sure. how does your childhood affect your, you know, your current present and all that kind of stuff? Definitely. Cognitive behavioural therapy, which is what what, what I've done, is is much more about, okay, maybe the causes are interesting, but let's focus on solving the symptoms. Mm. Um, It's much more practical in that sense, which is why I like it. And actually appeals to lots of blokes as well, because it's kind of really tangible and practical. Mm.
1: God, that's, I, I, I'm not even kidding you. When I was going through my period of depersonalization, so I had my anxious period of having like this panic attack. I didn't even know what this panic attack was, that I was dying at like 22, 23. Then for four months after that, I just had to pretend everything was fine. And if I spoke about it, it became real. Mm. So I never spoke about it. I just didn't say anything, just dealt with it. And I kind of went away. And I think I was probably drinking too much. That was probably... Just, yeah, just that, all that drinking. It was all that drinking. that I was drinking too. You are off the booze, right? I was listening. Yeah, yeah, I'm off. I'm trying to get into that now. So then, so then that happened. And then I kind of was in this sort of anxious sort of state, I suppose, for, for quite a while. And I didn't really know what the hell was going on. And then someone said, you have anxiety. And so that kind of made it someone said you got anxiety I went, oh, okay, this is what this is. So it's now been labelled as something. But then the problem was is that when someone labelled it, I went, Well I'm anxious. That's gonna make me who feel said, well,
2: who said you got anxiety?
1: I had went to this doctor. He said, oh, right. he said not just own. someone in the street. No, someone in the street said, hey you look anxious man. Hey <laughs> hey You've got anxiety. Hey issues. look at you 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 got anxiety. No, this doctor <laughs> said it to me. He said you're just you've got anxiety. And I went, what the hell? Why do I have anxiety? Anyway that kind of went on and it kind of came and went like like hay fever. As you mm. said, it was almost seasonal where it would come and go. And it would be depending on how well I was looking after my own body and situations. And then 27 years old, I remember it so well. I was on loads, a huge amount of pressure. I had all these different things going on. And it's that typical thing which someone says, I remember I was playing tennis two days before. And I was playing tennis and suddenly I had this feeling of, of doom, of something terrible was going to happen. I thought, what the hell have I what's going to happen that's really bad? Something bad is going to happen. And I was right. like, what is this? And that's what a lot of people talk about. You have this sense of doom when you feel depressed or lots of different reasons. And I was like, okay, well, that passed. And then I was sitting in Ciccone's restaurant, lovely having oh la, la. Uh, la, la having a <laughs> lovely chicken salad. And it was something like this fog came over my eyes. And it was like a fog, and it was called, and I didn't really understand what it was. And it was
2: the Dementors.
1: It was the Dementors coming in, but this fog, and it it was almost like a dreamlike state happened. And I went, okay, this is weird. And I ignored it and it was still there the next day and I ignored it still the next day. And oh. so I went to a therapist and said, I'm kind of feeling this thing. He didn't understand it. So he sent me to a psychotherapist and the psychotherapist said, you have depersonalization. I said, what's that? And he said, depersonalization is where your body goes into autopilot almost. It's where you've been put under a lot of stress, strain, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. One of these things, PTSD. All these things can cause this state that you're in right now. And I went, that's not very good. But he also said to me, he said, um, but also can come when you are experiencing psychosis. And automatically me being the catastrophizer, I went, well, I've got psychosis. Right Here we go. This is going to be, I've got psychosis. So I, I went with that and thought I was going mad. And for six months, I thought I was going mad. I'd wake up every day, see this fog, and I was like, that's it. And for six months, I just thought that was it for the rest of my life. And it was horrendous. And then I had that thing where I would think about breathing, and I would go, well, am I breathing properly? I'm thinking about it. And then I would worry about breathing. Yeah. And then I would have that sleeping thing and all these mm. different things. And I then turned to fitness. And actually fitness and exercising was the thing that really kind of helped me out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
0: to look at me, you wouldn't fucking Josh, know. You, it. Hey Josh, man, you look.
1: <laughs> hey Josh, you look like you're lifting some weights this over there, baby. This is actually
0: the slimmest I've been. Thank you. For, thank oh, you for well done, twenty twenty, baby. Um, but yeah, exercise and, and mental health are, um, I mean, like in, completely intrinsically linked, definitely, but, 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 and sleep as well. And sleep, sleep. I didn't realise how. I, Francis, if
1: we're totally serious, you know, we didn't sleep that much for many years because yeah. we were constantly working. Uh, but we yeah. didn't
0: <laughs> around <laughs> never the clock. Like call that yeah,
1: before the clock we were
0: but I didn't I'd sleep is freaking everything. It is, but again, maybe if you you know if you go through a period of time where you're not getting a lot of sleep and then you you know particularly nowadays it's so prevalent in the media people telling you how important it is. Get more sleep, go go to bed earlier, get a full night, you need 8 hours. And you'll sit there going, fuck, I haven't slept for 3 days, which is irritating enough, and now I'm being told yeah, That's the most important thing you I know? used to find it
2: more difficult to sleep when I haven't slept you know <laughs> what I mean like then you'll get I, I did suffer from insomnia when I was at school and and I especially also when I have like an early flight to catch the next morning and I know that I need to get to bed Yeah, then I just can't get to sleep I'm just sort of sitting, sitting <laughs> what are you think, thinking about first? thinking about the. I'm imagining myself God, sleeping through my alarm and not getting <laughs> I can't wait getting, to get on that flight waiting. but then I in, inevitably just like uh, I'm just exhausted on the flight but I, I mean I've never really suffered from a a panic attack, mm. um, but but I have, have suffered from anxiety, uh, you know, at, at various points in my in my life, particularly when I was drinking a lot, and you know that sort of that sort of boozers gloom. Uh, yeah, the the next anxiety, day. Yeah, the black yeah. dog.
0: Yeah, it comes from there's, well. There's a number of reasons why um, even people who don't have clinical mental health problems suffer then the morning after primarily it's brain chemistry, booze is both, people think of booze as being either a stimulant or a depressant. So they'll say, you know, like champagne is a stimulant and gin is a depressant. In reality, all alcohol is both a depressant and a stimulant. And that kind of imbalance is what the next day gives you that kind of fear about mm. things you might have said or done or how much money you spent or all of that kind of stuff. Um, so it's very, That's very some common. other things for Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> what are you suggesting? Yeah, you know. What? You know what I'm
1: talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I have about. no idea what you're talking about.
2: Hashtag me too.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. What
0: if I walked into? <laughs>
1: Oh, there we go um i <laughs> <laughs> i yeah, I think, yeah, booze and that sort of hangover that alcohol sort of hangover feeling Made me so anxious before, and a lot of the listeners probably are feeling the same way. Josh, can you explain? Because um, there are a lot of do you know whenever we talk about mental health and things like that, and anxiety, and depression, and it's actually quite hard to, you know, a lot of people who are feeling anxious things that still don't want to admit that they have mental health. And probably mm. one, of, I'm probably one of those people who don't really admit that I have,
2: other than on this podcast. Other than on this podcast, millions that, of people. Yeah,
1: I kind of admit it, but I probably you don't. keep
0: your cards close to your
2: chest.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, if someone comes up to you and go, Hey, I'm not fucking anxious. <laughs> (laughs) wanker Um, but it is it's almost like you said shameful and I think a lot of people would feel shameful and actually listening to this podcast will help a lot of people kind Mm. of go okay can you explain you know as you said your experience with it you suddenly felt this feeling you said you felt minor panic attacks but you passed them off Mm. when you suddenly felt this huge panic attack and it didn't disappear what happened to your mental state? What did you start to feel? Did you become... Did you internalise everything? Did you, did you open up? Did you start speaking to people?
0: How... What was the process? Yeah, so you go through different, different phases. But, I mean, in that initial first week, where I really didn't sleep for three or four days... Um,
1: Jesus, that's intense. Yeah, it was not
0: even like a wink. Mate, not even a wink. What were you doing, just lying in bed, just looking up? I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I got through a lot of Desert Island Discs. And private parts. Well done, man. You got through the Yeah, wall. Actually, was this pre-private parts? <laughs> this is probably pre-private parts. Yeah, I yeah. would have listened to private parts. At the, <laughs> that is a, yeah. it's a cure for insomnia.
1: Would have made you more <laughs> anxious. <laughs> now I'm doubly
0: anxious. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of just legit lying in bed, staring at the ceiling and oh. panicking. And when you're not doing that, you're <laughs> like, are you working at this point? Yeah, I was I was working. I yeah, I was working throughout it. Um, so I would not sleep, go to work, come home, not sleep, go to work, come home, not sleep, go to work. And when I was at work, I mean, it wasn't really working. I spent a lot of time crying in the bogs. Um, not a particularly enjoyable thing to do. Yeah. And, and,
1: and and sorry, just to cut you off. Um, you're crying because
0: of the way you're feeling, or because you felt sad? It's fucking inescapable. And you're thoughts like it's it's completely involuntary so you have no control over the stuff that yeah. pops into your head and it's completely obsessive so I, I couldn't think of anything beyond I mean I couldn't you, know, you like walk to prep to get lunch yeah and get there and think fuck yeah you know, I've no idea what I, I you can't even focus on what to buy for lunch because your brain is just constantly going you're so this is it. You're, this you are going to be worrying the whole of your life. Nothing's ever going to get better. You are never going to sleep again. It's just going like round and round and round in your in your head. Um, so yeah, it was really really difficult, um, and it was like that probably for about six months to a year. Then I made a, a number of changes to the way that I kind of lived my life. And, things, and, things and so what
1: what did you... So this is quite key, right? So you you felt this way for six to 12 months. And what a lot of people think is the same thing, as you said, that constant cycle going on in your head, yeah. going, well, I'm going to be like this forever. And then once again, you catastrophize everything. I'm going to be like this forever. I'm never going to be able to work. I'm not going to be able to have a family. I'm going to lose all my friends. This is, and you go through this thing, yeah, which yeah. makes you even more anxious, right? So you constantly go down this... I think you should have written this book. Dude, I feel like I should <laughs> have. You stole it. <laughs> (laughs) Oh, God. If only he could write. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know how to spell Q. I don't know how to spell Q. How do you spell Q? Uh, Q is a
2: letter, mate.
1: (laughs) No, not As in. (laughs) No, so whenever it's, you know, oh, getting Q up over there. How the fuck? I mean.
0: Q U. Q U. E U E. Is that right? Yeah. So, well, they are actually yeah. two. so patronising. No, i was just, just working out of my own mind. <laughs> you could,
2: yeah, Q-U, Q- <laughs> Q-U-E-U-E. Yeah. But you could also spell it Q-U-E. That's I, a snooker cue. Yeah, that's, that's a, a snooker, a, Q, that's a snooker that's, cue. Sorry, C-U-E. Sorry,
1: Sorry, is an idiot. My dad, I think I get it from my dad. My dad turned to me once said, he was writing a letter and went, uh, do you know how you spell people? <laughs> People, <laughs> poople. people. <laughs> anyway, I uh, so you have this constant term on your head, and mm. it's kind of crazy. And then, uh, and it's the same with sort of, it's the same with depression as well, where from what I've spoken to people about and, and kind of read and, and all these different things, is that you go into this, you almost self-loathe yourself, where you, you get that shameful feeling, you catastrophe, you think this is never going to finish, and that just goes down and down and down. And actually your mind becomes so weak that you can't think about anything else apart from the negative feelings that you're feeling. Yeah. And every single thing you pick up on saying, so what will happen is, is that you... You, you, like for breath for example you'll get short of breath and you go well I can't breathe and then you will obsess mm. about not being able to breathe properly or you someone will tweet you something you'll be like <laughs> everyone hates me <laughs> <laughs> also I think what's important to point out when we do this this podcast is that even though I think it's you know it's very easy to talk about mental health and all these different things in a very negative way and oh, oh and, how's, and, and I think that is totally wrong to talk about listen it's a horrible thing to occur to anyone and it happens you know Francis said it happens to him, Get Anxious This happened to me, Josh, of course, it happens to you, and lot to our listeners it happened to. Um, and we're not joking about the symptoms at all, but it's fun to make it humorous, and that's important, right? Because if you if you speak about it in humorous way, right, at least you're making lightheartedness of a serious situation.
0: I completely agree. And, and one of the things um, that I think holds back the conversation around mental health is that it can be seen as being very kind of dour. You know? And if we can, yeah, I guess try and... Be a bit more irreverent about it, or whatever. Then, um, and and if that engages people in a way that it doesn't before, then I think that'd be a good thing.
1: Totally. I just want to ask: We had the question of the week. How did you? How did you start? You know, you're a guy. You're um, a lot of males are proud. You know, and and when you. what are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. Come on. No, go on. No, no, no. I was
2: just laughing at the. Yeah, come on, come on. Keep going.
1: okay, fine. I will. Uh, but a lot of guys are proud, and it's uh, it's a big moment to kind of speak about it or accept it or talk to someone saying, yeah. this is the way I'm feeling." Doesn't matter if it's to your girlfriend, to your mum, to your to your
0: dad, dad, to your, yeah. to your
1: boyfriend, to your friends, to anyone when was that moment, because that's a key moment in any experience of what you're doing, when was that moment that you spoke to someone about
0: it? Yeah, it, So in a way I was lucky that it was as bad as it was, because it wasn't an option for me not to talk to people, okay. it was that bad, um, I told my boss after the first week, again because it was obvious I was like spending a lot of time in the bogs So when you were in the <laughs> bogs were you yeah, like, I like... need to write a book <laughs> about this Yeah, <laughs> just, like, either it's IBS or, uh, or something else yeah, um, just doing a load of cocaine because yeah. you're going to the bogs, you Then coming back and you're shaking crying red Red eyes sniffing sniffing
1: Sniffing and looking really anxious exactly he's doing a lot of cocaine chatting shit (laughs) chatting (laughs) sounding (laughs) like he's going mad I wrote this
0: book last night (laughs)
1: <laughs> I haven't slept in four nights. Oh, he's definitely going to have to fire him. He's a drug addict.
0: See, <laughs> so, yeah, I told the boss. My boss probably within a week, and and then I told my parents. Uh, you know, within the same kind of frame. Of well, mind it's good that you spoke to from. people because probably well
2: a lot of people. Like, know, most people don't. That's they the don't, and most then some, don't. sometimes it ends in a you know very tragic way.
1: Well, exactly. As we, yeah, you said you know biggest killer under forty five for males is suicide. It's I, mad. It's crazy, right? And it's because people are too, you know, firstly, people don't understand it. They're too ashamed. And they think the easiest way to get over the situation is to do the worst kind of thing, which is commit suicide. Um, Josh, I, I'm so excited. This I can literally talk for hours, but we have to have Francis' question of the week. Monsieur oh, yeah. Francis! Okay. Do you want, uh, maybe... Let's a, have a really anxious one. An anxious <laughs> because, one? Dude, I just, I, I think this is so important. You know, this is why I'm so happy you, you came on the podcast, because... You know we have these chats with comedians musicians whoever it is and you're a first you are first actual just author but we've had authors on. You've like, had authors on. We had Spencer Matthews on. He, he's an author. He, he wrote a book. <laughs> His book is so shit. Oh is it? Have you read it? <laughs> no, obviously hard. not. What's it it I was going to read the audio book, and then I was like, no, it's called. Um, I don't know. I'm a billionaire. No, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I was born a billionaire.
0: No, I don't know what that was called. I don't know, but it was. But there he, was a few met, uh, folks from Maiden Chelsea. Yeah, books Ollie, and Locke.
1: Ollie Locke Ollie Lock did it. Yeah, he writes fiction, I think. Now he went to, actually. Francis, she's an author, but he was. He wrote a proper book. He wrote it. Yeah. What wrote, was yours?
2: I wrote Self-help book, all about anxiety. <laughs> How did it go? <laughs> it, obviously, not well. I haven't cured anyone. No, no, it was called Bull's Jaws. Still available at every. It was good great. It
1: was great. Bestseller, um, but whatever. But you're you're our first, I suppose. Uh, your 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 job now. Yeah, is it is it being is, an author.
0: Is being an author. That's and cool. Writing about things. Yeah, it's an odd transition. I used to work in advertising, and it's a weird transition to doing lots of different things but you
2: but i can tell you're very good uh you know uh, presenting you're, you you, you oh, can tell you've got a good, good ba- a, a, ba- advertising <laughs> thanks. background thanks Thank man you. that's so kind uh, of yeah you. i was talking i was talking, to me i know no, i wasn't talking to you well
1: that's very kind of you
0: I'll i was talking you. to mr Ro- dr roberts <laughs> <laughs> <Are> you <laughs> doctor yet no sadly uh sadly not but uh that's something we're working towards <laughs> yeah. yeah right so, Francis. Okay.
1: let's have the question of the week all right
2: The question of the week is: What has been happening to the heads of Lego characters? <laughs> Jesus. Well, should we say the faces of Lego characters?
1: <laughs> what has been happening to the faces of Lego characters? Right, Josh.
2: As I yeah. guest, you get to since that. since they started being S- produced.
0: So this is based on some research uh, slash a conversation I had on a stag do this this very weekend uh, with yeah. a doctor. And then whenever I meet a doctor, I always ask the question, what's Do the you weirdest? you only hang
1: around with doctors now? Uh, d-
0: uh, exclusively.
1: <laughs> that is it. Exclusively. If you're not a doctor, I fucking hate you.
0: But I was asking him, what is the weirdest thing you've ever pulled out of someone's bum? And one of the things was a Lego figurine. Really? So I, whilst I don't think this is the answer to your question, I'm going to punt. They're disappearing up people's bums.
1: Oh, well. Oh, my God. I love that one. Well, that's, that's,
2: uh, that's one answer. I've got, <laughs>
1: all right. Do you know if you put if you put a oh, fuck, um, here we go here we go Do you know if you put a daisy if you get a daisy uh, like the flower of the daisy and you put it down your japs eye Jesus if you put uh, it, is it
2: not politically incorrect to call it a japs eye yeah, what it's cool. I, I don't know because it's calling it. Yeah, uh... that's like saying it looks like a Japanese person's eye. <laughs>
1: no, it's not. That's the official term. Is it, is it medically? It's not the that's medically. Term. Term. I thought it was called a japs eye.
2: <laughs> no, no, that's like an old
0: like racist <laughs> slur. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just got yourself a lot of hot water there, pal. Yeah, it's fine. You didn't know, okay, so we, can, here we, we go. can leave it in. We
1: can leave it in. <laughs> when you put it down,
0: your urethra. That's it. Yes, yes. We urethra. Urethra. Or urethra.
1: Oh, stop being so doctor on me. Jesus.
0: Urethra is, is a, a lady's name, yeah. yeah. Don't put it down her. Don't
1: put it down, put it down <laughs> She's your, dead. Why is Urethra Franklin down my japs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, if you, put, if you put a daisy down your urethra... You can't then take it back out because you pull the stem off and then the daisy's stuck in your jam How do you know this? Don't know. Apparently lots of people are doing it. Really? Yeah, and then you can't pee. I had a friend at school, right? I had a friend at school who used to have a trick. He used to have a very intense foreskin. He had a very... Very loose, heavy foreskin. I have a friend like this. You have a friend? Probably the
0: same friend. We call, we call him the anteater. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I'm not telling you his name.
1: Is his name Charlie?
0: I'm not, Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> okay. Absolutely
0: not. Anyway, I have a friend
1: called Charlie who has a very loose foreskin. And he used to do this trick where he used to hold it shut and pee. And it would go up like a balloon. And then he has, he'd get it so big, he would then let go. And it would go
0: everywhere. This is a good boarding school education. There we go,
1: man. There we go. Anyway, I think Lego figures... I think what is happening to them is that they are getting stuck up people's noses. You've gone stuck. noses, I've gone yeah, bums. I, no, I was never going to go up any, any orifice, but then, because you said bums, I've gone for noses.
2: All right. Okay, you think they're going up people's noses? Yeah, yeah. All right. No, but I mean, yeah, all right. Well, we'll, well, find, we'll find out in part two. There you <laughs> go,
1: Josh. Hey, Josh, sit back, relax. I've got my diary for you. Ooh la la. Here we go. <clears throat> it's a new year, so supposedly it's the time for New Year's Resolutions. New darts, new ideas, new adventures, and new you. This is the time to step outside of your comfort zone and go for it. Hell yeah. And I have a friend He said to me he hadn't been on holiday for two years, so before Christmas, I said, to him, this is your chance to change that. New year, new you, baby. I told him to book a flight to somewhere exotic, somewhere where he could relax but also have an adventure, so he chose Thailand. Who's this? It's my friend Alex. I was excited for him, over the moon for him, He booked his flight on the 1st of January, so having woken up with a hangover, the last thing he wanted to do was get a flight. He got to the airport, he checked his bags in, went to get his ticket, went through security, bought some useless things that you always have to buy every time you're at the airport, and ate some food. He then looked at the screen and saw his flight was boarding, so he made his way to the gate. While his ticket was being checked, the young air steward looked at him and said, Sir... Very exciting news. We are upgrading you. My buddy looked at him, not trying to overact, trying to act cool as if he didn't care. Thank you, my friend, he replied. Inside, he was about to explode. Upgraded on a flight to Thailand while feeling hungover, what more could you want? This is it. The new year, the new him. He was ready to tackle whatever 2020 threw at him. He got onto the flight, saw the young steward and went over to him expecting to be taken to his seat. As he as he did, the steward looked at him, pointed at him with his two fingers and went Ah (laughs) <laughs> the guy was joking. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. What kind of air steward jokes about that? He sat in economy, more hungover and more pissed off as ever. He did, however, demand many glasses of white wine, all of them from first class. It's so true. He went onto the flight, and the guy went, "Ah, kidding!" And he was like, "What do you mean? You're kidding? You've just taken, you oh, just take? Like, you just know, joked about?" Last wine. thing
2: they used to upgrade people all the time. They don't do it
1: anymore. Uh, they do it to me, mate.
2: No, do yeah.
1: they? Oh, yeah, I just I stroll up, and they go, "Hey." Hey, Jamie. Really? Yeah, yeah. They go, hey, they, they talk, hey, Jamie. Hey. Hey, hey, you, Jamie. And they've
2: come sit up here with us, the pilots <laughs> from Brooklyn.
1: <laughs> How many pilots are there? Come sit up here with the pilots. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Two. Hey, Josh, hey, listen, are you having a fun time? I'm having an excellent time. Okay, well, listen, doctor.
0: We must stop doing that. I'm <laughs> not, uh, not qualified in any way, <laughs> medically speaking.
1: All right Dr Josh Roberts we will be back in back in back in part 2 with you in just a second I can't wait with more anxious Sweet. talk see you in part 2